Lord, I want to thank you for who you are, for being the God who is constant in a changing world, for being the God that we can trust and the God who comes near to us. Lord, lift our eyes to you this morning. In Jesus' name. Forever, Lord, you are good. 
9am of the year, I guess that means that we're kind of into the year, there's no denying it anymore. The year has started. So let's take a moment to pray, shall we? Father, I thank you that uh, we can go into this year full of hope, we can go into this year full of confidence, we can go into this year knowing that you are on your throne, that everything is subject to your desires, and there's, uh, you, you've got a great plan in place. And I'm the first to acknowledge, Lord, that I don't always understand it. And some days I feel frustrated because I don't understand it. But this morning we acknowledge that you are God. That you are able. That you are interested. That you want to take each of us on a journey this year. That you have a plan and a purpose for each of our lives. And Lord, I pray that this year you would be the centre of our attention. I pray that this year, as we engage with you, you would unlock some of the the secrets even that you've placed within our own hearts so we can live the lives that you've intended for us to live and we can be the people and the light in the city that you've intended us to be. So Lord, I declare your blessing on this year in Jesus' name. I declare your blessing over every person in this place. In the name of Jesus, we open our hearts to you and I pray that every one of us would say, Lord, have your way. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, again, it's great to see you. And uh, if you're visiting with us today, welcome. Very nice to have you with us. 
at the conclusion of this gathering, um, as you go out into the foyer, if you turn right and you're a guest, there's um, a couple of tables there. There'll be someone there to help you. And there's some bags in there on the tables just with some information about who we are as a church. And uh, I encourage you to take a bag and, and find out a little bit more about us. But in the meantime, relax, enjoy your time uh, with us this morning. Well, who's had a birthday or a celebration other than me? Because I remembered I have in the last week. Anyone had a birthday? Or, yes, look, here comes a birthday. I made that hard. I made no gaps here, sorry. Yeah, if you've had a birthday or a wedding anniversary, come down the front now. Those doing the Daniel fast, we're prepared. Nuts. You wait a whole year for a chocolate bar, and when it rolls around, you get a bag of nuts. There's something wrong with that, but there you go. Okay, I'm taking over because Jared has had a birthday, so he gets to stand in and, yeah, we can pray for everybody together. So let's stand together. We've got everyone, birthdays, anniversaries. Awesome. Congratulations. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, amen. Well, there's a couple of things I'd like to bring to your attention. Uh, the first is we have Pastor Graham Lauritsen with us this weekend. Fantastic to have you, Graham. Hopefully most of you met Pastor Graham last year, but if you did not... You'll see him on and off this year. We're, we're going on a journey together and, and allowing God to do what he's going to do. And I'll introduce him properly shortly. Um, next weekend, we have Steve McCracken with us. How many of you know or have heard Steve McCracken? Most of us. Steve is a, a prophet. Um, he's a Kiwi who lives in Australia. Um, but that's all right. So is Graham. Um, <laughs> But he's a prophet, and he's, he comes every year to see us. And um, we're going to have a great time with Steve. So he'll be here next week, all three gatherings. That'll be wonderful. The other thing is this Tuesday night is the first of our prayer gatherings for 2.17. So it is also Valentine's Day. But what better way could you spend an hour on Valentine's Day than praying to our first love? That's how Jan explained it to me when I saw the dates later. That was very good, wasn't it? It was very good. <laughs> no, it wasn't me. <laughs> but but I, I agree with it. It's a, it's a great way. So Tuesday night, 7.30, here is our first prayer, prayer gathering for the year. So that'll be fantastic. Why don't you take a moment to look at the screen. We're going to just give you an update on one of the things we're doing with Global Mission.
I improve my language, I began to think in English, and when I have dreams, I also have English dreams. So you like the spiritual part of the camp too? Yes, mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> something, uh, something changing now. Mm-hmm. I feel it, but I can to express it now. Yeah, yeah. But something some, inside. You something mean. inside me. Yeah, something yeah. changing. Maybe uh, somebody cannot understand what is this. So we have to be in here yeah, yeah, to, to, un- to understand it. Okay. Um, uh, I had a new view on religion. Uh, something like um, that uh, Jesus is uh, not only uh, uh, the Son of God, but uh, is also our friend, and uh, we make uh, a friendship with him. We loved English camp. This has been our third year coming and each year we're just amazed at how awesome the Ukrainian students are and um, how much they learn and how much we learn from them. And yeah, every year we're also just amazed at the unique and cool things that God does in our team and in the Ukrainians through the camp. Um, I enjoyed it immensely. It was nothing like what I expected. Um, the kids were wonderful. I was scared to death to meet them on the first day, but within a matter of hours, um, got to know them, and they were excited, as excited to meet me as I was to meet them. And you can tell with the students, when they first arrive, they don't really, you know, talk about God or Jesus very much, and, you know, it's kind of a slow process, but then as camp goes on, they start asking more questions and having more discussions and really showing an interest, and, you know, at the end, we gave them Bibles and just seeing their excitement over getting those, you can tell that there was a definite spiritual impact throughout the camp. Yeah. I just can't recommend it enough. It's a, it's a life-changing experience for the students and the teachers both, and, uh, you just have to get over your fear of giving it a try. Mm-hmm. And then I think once you, once you do, and I've seen this happen among other people, once you give it a try, um, things change. And uh, if you want to grow in your faith in God, if you want to learn to uh, uh, trust, really trust and depend on God, you just got to come. Cool, eh? So that's uh, Brent Weaver's really involved with that over there in the Ukraine. There's opportunity, if you'd like to go and be part of that, I think they're in August, um, you, he, he's always looking for people. So if that kind of stirs you in any way, you're most welcome to go and be part of that. Another thing I just want to let you know about is in, over the next week or two, we're doing school packs to some of the schools um, just around us, Fairfield uh, Primary and what's the other one? Bankwood Primary. And we've put together packs, school bags, lunch boxes, school books. We're doing 100 of them. 100 of them into the, those two schools. There's kids going to those schools. There's families going to their schools. And the kids between them use a plastic bag for all their stuff. They don't even have lunch boxes or anything else. We really felt it would be great to bless our local community this year by trying to help the families, or well, some of the families at least, that are in need. And uh, so we thought, let's make a start. Let's do something. And so we've got 100 packs going into those schools in the next week or so. We're still waiting for a couple of bits to arrive for inside the packs, but then they'll go. So it's cool, eh? That's, that's global mission. That's what we're doing together. You and me, together. That's excellent. Well, Mark, would you like to come and read our psalm this morning? Psalm 65. Oh, you've got your own. There you go. Thanks, Sheridan. Hilarious conversation with my daughter about... Why on earth I hadn't printed it out in paper, which I think is hilarious in my generation to hers. But anyway, 
Um, just before we get going, this is the New Zealand Psalm, Psalm 65, written for you. You'll understand why when you get to the end of it. It's so quintessentially New Zealand um, as we read it through. Just one bit of jargon, the word Zion, um, that is the city that David captured for uh, God. We now call it Jerusalem. Um, and it's a real place, but it's also an analogy for something that has been surrendered um, to God, where he takes residence. So those of you not familiar with that word, but let's get into it. Praise awaits you, our God, in Zion. To you, our vows will be fulfilled. You who answer prayer, to you, all people will come. When we were overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. Blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. You answer us with awesome and righteous deeds, God our Saviour. The hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas. Who formed the mountains by your power, having armed yourself with strength. Who stilled the roaring of the seas and the roaring of their waves and the turmoil of the nations. The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders. Where morning dawns, where evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with grain, for you have so ordained it. You drench its furrows and level its ridges. You soften it with showers and you bless its crops. You crown the year with your bounty and your carts overflow with abundance. The grasslands of the wilderness overflow and hills are clothed with gladness. The meadows are covered with flocks and the valleys are mantled with grain. They shout for joy and sing. happens he's there let the song be your declaration for that who he wants to be for you how you can rest back and let him be there for you
of humility can we do than to say you are Lord of all all of me 
all of my desires, all of my hopes, all of my dreams, all of my weaknesses, all of my failings. Lord, you are Lord of them all. All of our concerns in this world, all of the the wars and rumours of wars, you are Lord of them all. There is not one God who is in power but by your hand. And Lord, for your ultimate purpose. Lord, we need have no fear because you are Lord of all. And God, I pray this morning that we would have a revelation of what it means to make you Lord in our life, of what surrender really looks like. Lord, that we would say Lord of all as a declaration of a future to come and a desire for today. all of our honour. singing the words we've been lifting up just let them resonate throned in the praises of a thousand generations Stay quiet, you're better than me. He is worthy of all praise, all honour, all glory. 
lift him up this morning. Lift you up, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Why don't we just put our hands together, eh? And give them a great big praise. Thank you, Lord. Fantastic. Well, thanks, guys. Wonderful. How about giving the band a hand? Just say thank you. I know the work that goes in behind as they lead us into God's presence and none of them take it lightly. They all do it with great hearts. Well, it's wonderful to have Pastor Graham Lauritsen with us this morning and uh, Graham is a Hamilton boy and he's had a, a, a life journey. So now he lives in Melbourne and uh, he can fill in any blanks that you want. But he's um, he's been a pastor for a long time and... He's seen some great things happen, and he's also had the, shall I say, privilege of walking the struggles that life brings to all of us. And um, it's been a real privilege to connect with Graham and just start to talk and to realize that we are on the same page about what God's doing. That page is, we're not quite sure. But he's doing something, and we can see signs of it, and there's evidence of it. And it's starting to look a certain way, but we're on the same page. What I uh, really appreciate with Graham is he's coming in objectively and he can talk to myself and Ray and staff and others and leaders and, and he can see, as you do when you've got an objective eye, things that perhaps we don't see uh, when we're here every day of the week. Um, so we're going on this journey together of discovery to see what God does and see where God leads us. And um, I'm really, really excited about it. I'm really excited about what God's doing. I'm really, really excited about where God is taking us. I'm really, really excited about the future of Activate and what God is destined for us as, as people in Hamilton, but in our nation and the nations of the world. So anyway, it's your turn. How about giving Graham a big hand as he comes? Well, good morning. How you doing? Any of my old youth group here? Just, you know. <laughs> oh, yes. Hey, good to see you. Fantastic. Well, it's great to be here with you this morning and um, see what God is going to do. And uh, I'm not too sure what that is, but maybe I can contribute to that. You know, as I'm sitting here this morning, I, I, I really believe that, um, in a real sense, that everything that has happened until now is in preparation for what is next. And uh, I, I actually believe there's a, a huge shift happening in the kingdom of God right now. And uh, I was, uh, we were talking yesterday, and I was, uh, as Sheridan just said, is that if anyone tells you they know what it looks like, um, they're probably lying, you know, because none of us do. We just know that there's a shift. You know, you, you know what I'm saying? No one else? Yeah. 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 There's a shift going on? Is there a shift? Do we need a bit of a shift? Anybody got a bit bored with Christianity lately? Just me? Been around it too long? Oh, man. So I think God is actually doing a shift right now, and I'm really excited just to be on that journey with, with you and a number of churches. Um, currently, uh, I'm, I'm very involved with about uh, with, with three or four, actually, 
churches, and we're just transitioning in a sense. Let me just say this. Um, if, if you heard me speak last year, I shared the story how six years ago, uh, God spoke to my wife and I and literally threw us out of the church, to be honest with you. I'd been in ministry for 25 years at that time, and uh, so now I'm, I'm approaching 32. In fact, when uh, I was being referred to as Pastor Graham Lawrence, somebody, you can just take the pastor off now because I'm out. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of on the outside looking in a little bit more than the inside looking out. And, uh, and we really, in fact, our world just got turned so upside down. I hope I get to my message this morning because it's really good. Um, but our, our world got so turned upside down that I literally, I remember saying to Sharon once, I said, you know what, I feel like I am Jonah on the boat to Tarshish. I feel like I'm going to go in the wrong direction because there were just storms everywhere. It was like everything was going wrong in our world. And I felt like at that time that, that if, if, if we didn't get thrown overboard, that the storms would just keep going. And uh, so we got thrown overboard. And, and I thought that we were just getting thrown overboard from Dunedin. But in reality, God was throwing me out of the church. And uh, in the context of my work, in the con- I, I love the church, I'm part of a church, my home church is Faith Church in Dandenong in, in Melbourne, a uh, church of about three and a half uh, thousand people that um, my pastor's Matt Hines, so I, I, I love church, I'm in church, but, but I kind of got thrown out. And, and the, the word that God gave us is uh, a, a passage, and um, it's in Acts 13, I think it is, uh, that from now on we turn to the Gentiles. And it was like God was saying that you've, you've been inside the church for so long. I need you to get out. We're gonna, there's a shift about to take place where the church is going to be turned towards the lost. So we've been on that journey for six years. And you know, I was always thinking, too, that you know, we've done six years of that journey just trying to figure it all out. And now we're into the seventh. So I'm thinking, this is the year we're going to see, see the outworking of what God has been, been doing. So, so uh, now I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm actually more of a missionary to the marketplace right now. So um, my role, what I do is, is that probably most of my week, uh, I work for a business center in Melbourne, and I mentor unsaved business owners. So uh, I would have about currently 60 business people that I meet once a month, and I talk about their business, see how they're going, and help them get to the next level. We have a whole program uh, with this, with a very, very fast-growing business in, in, uh, in Melbourne that is led by a, um, an ex-pastor. So there's a couple of ex-pastors out there uh, loving and serving business people. So that's what, what I'm doing. Part of the journey to get to where we are now, I, I worked with Pastor Danny Gugliamucci, and there was a, a statement that he made. He shared something in one of the staff meetings. And I want to share that with you today of, of the journey that, uh, of vision, the journey of what you and I are called to do and, and to be and how we, we kind of live our lives. And he shared four words. And if you've ever heard Pastor Danny Guglielmucci speak, they all got to start with the same letter. And uh, anybody notice that? So I'm going to be sharing with you the four Ps um, of Pastor Danny. And, uh, and then I'm going to put a message around them. I could tell you a story about Pastor Danny and the letter P, but I'm not going to go there today because we're in church. Um, but uh, he's actually, uh, Pastor Danny is now uh, not pastoring his church. He's handed that over and he's like a father uh, figure and uh, he, his health is sometimes, you know, good and sometimes not so good. So do pray for him if you know him. But he talked about four words and I'm going to make sure I can use this thing now. I've never used one of these before. Uh, he talked about purpose Picture, passion, and process. And I want, to, I want to pick up on that this morning. And it's really the four words of how you live your world, how you, the journey of your call, the journey of what God has called you to do. 
when we define purpose, it's, it's really talking about that, what are you on the planet for? What's, what's the why behind what you do? What's, what is your purpose right now? What, what, is, what is the why? This is, this is why I do what I do. Then from there, you build a picture. And a picture is what comes from your purpose. So, so my purpose is this, but my picture is, is what I see when I'm done. It's kind of that vision part of your world. Uh, when we are mentoring businesses at the moment, one of the first things we ask them is, tell us your why and then give us a picture. So firstly, what is the purpose of your business? What, why are you here? And then we say, now, now I want you to, to share with us what it will look like when you're done. What will your business, what will your efforts look like when you're done? And uh, we've been sharing a little bit of, of the writings of Henry Ford, for those of you that, that, that are Ford people. Uh, before he had the Ford industry, before that thing went to where it went, he said this. This was his picture that came from his purpose. He said, I will build a motor car for the great multitudes. It will be so low in price that no man making a good salary will be unable to own one and enjoy with his family the blessings of hours of pleasure and God's great open spaces. When I'm through, everybody will be able to afford one and everyone will have one. The horse will have disappeared from our highways. The automobile will have take, be taken for granted and we will give a large number of men employment at good wages. You could imagine a guy, all he can see right now is the motor car, but he said, when I'm done, this is what it will look like. That's building a picture of the future that will then bring passion into your world. Uh, the, the, uh, um, the guy that I work for, the, the, the owner of, of the company, uh, we have um, uh, business centers and we create support for business people and we create a community of business people. This is what he says. By the time we're finished, many thousands of businesses across Melbourne will be thriving, absolutely thriving. Many leaders will be, have emerged, new innovative need-meeting services developed, and many families will prosper. The economy of the city itself will be profoundly enhanced, and a new collective and exemplary way of doing business will be well established. All of this will be possible because a growing band of passionate entrepreneurial givers who are committed to the highest standards will join together to support each other and generously give themselves for the greater common good. What a picture. Now, are we there yet? Not at all. But, but from your purpose, you build a picture. So this is what it will look like, and from that picture comes passion. Now, I've decided this morning that I'm just going to throw Sheridan right in it. Because, because you have a purpose, and, and I'm going to talk a lot about purpose in a moment. In fact, this whole message is supposed to be about purpose. So I'm going to go real fast. But out of purpose, which is really the Great Commission, there's a picture. So I'm going to ask Sheridan to come up. I'm getting two minutes maximum. Maximum preacher, you, gotta, you know, maximum. What, what's the picture of activate when you're done? When it's happening, when the vision has been fulfilled? Uh, I see a faith community that is a beacon of hope. It's a beacon of hope for our city. It's a beacon of hope for the nation and for the nations of the world. I see us as a light in a dark place. I see us as um, an answer to people's questions. We have a church. As far as the church goes, I see a passionate, free church where people are absolutely in love with Jesus. They've got hold of the purpose for his life and a church that releases people to do what God's asked them to do in the community, in the marketplace, wherever it is. We have an education arm. The education arm trains leaders. 
It educates people, it trains and it releases leaders who will be leaders in community, who will be leaders in the marketplace, who will be leaders in the church. Our education will be known as the best Christian value education in the country. We have social services with Community Link. I see our social services has been innovative and been able to touch many pockets of the community where other social services can't reach, bringing true value to people, but not only value through social services, but connection to faith. I also see a business arm where we invest wisely and strategically and we create wealth, wealth that enables us to do what we do. I can see the day when it's never said again of Activate, we cannot afford to do that. We'll be able to do it because we've got great people. Is that two minutes? Is That's that good, man. That's fantastic. Awesome. Isn't that good? What a cool vision. What a picture. So, so from purpose comes a picture, and then from the picture becomes passion. And, and the thing about having that, that picture is that, that, that you know, today you come to church and you have incredible worship, but you know you're in a safe place where it's not building this controlling church where everyone's got to, you know, embrace, you know, and, and look the same and dress the same. That's why I dress differently to all. I knew how casual you were this morning. I thought, well, I'm a businessman now. I'm going to wear my suit. And, and, and because you're free and you love Jesus and you're empowered to change the world and the world that God's. So, so, so you, you create, the, I'm part of something that is so amazing. I, I could buy into that picture and become passionate about it. And then, of course, from passion becomes process. You have to organize it. You have to have a plan. You've got to have a strategy. So, so they're the kind of, of, of four areas. And, 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 you know, in a sense, as a church, activate. Your purpose is a great commission. Your picture is a united local church activating community transformation, being light and salt to the city. Your passion is the fire that drives you forward. Your process is to build according to the pattern that God downloads to your pastor and, and from the word to your visionary leaders. And, and through all these things, the kingdom becomes established. I think that's why in, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 to 20, I'm going to leave you to do the thing up there because I just keep forgetting to press the button. Uh, Ephesians 2.19, just, just to pop down there to verse there's 20, it talks about um, the foundation of the church being built on the apostles and prophets with Jesus being the chief cornerstone. The reason for that is because the prophets help us see the picture. They're, they're, they're the people that, that enable us to, to, uh, to keep in, in mind what God is doing, but the apostles are the people that hold us to purpose and build processes. So you see those two such significant people in the life of the church as we go through our four words uh, of, of purpose, picture, passion, and process. But this morning, I want to talk very much about purpose. Now, I'm going to take my watch off. I've heard of, you've all heard about the little boy that asked his dad, why does the preacher always take his watch off? And his, David, his dad said, no reason, son. No reason at all. I think, you know, my, my greatest fear for the church, and, and speaking now is one that God, in a sense, did this huge shift out of, out of the four walls to go and live out. For me, it's, it was huge. I, was, I entered the ministry full-time when I was 22. So I didn't have a lot of time in the marketplace. So at, at the age of, I think it was 48, God shifted me out. And uh, it was such a, a, a huge thing. But now being outside speaking in, so most weekends now I'm speaking somewhere. And all I'm doing is sharing the story of what God is doing next is the shift that's going on. My, my fear for the church, now speaking from the outside in, is that we have lost our purpose. Is that purpose becomes 
something uh, which, um, which gets disconnected from picture. So think about this. Imagine picture without purpose where everyone has a vision. We have a vision to be contemporary, a vision to be the biggest and the best and to be excellent and professional. But when it gets separated from the purpose, we can be passionate without purpose. And, and I've seen that too. Where everyone's wee, aha, whoop doo But when you separate it from purpose, it's just hype. You can have process where everything's organized and we do everything the right way and boom, boom, but when it's separated from purpose, it's just religion. So, so, so often we have to come back and connect everything to purpose or it's all for nothing. What is the purpose of the church? What is the purpose that God has called you and I to fulfill? What's the mission? Why, why are we here? I remember um, recently, and I don't want to be offensive here, so just, you know, let this pass by, but uh, I was connected with the church, and we were having this conversation, and, and uh, their biggest question is, what's the primary purpose of the church? Is it worship or evangelism? What are we really called to? And, and this, this, they went years around this question. And, and, and in a sense, it was probably a little bit of an agenda because I'd probably been burnt by all the visionary pastors, and, and it was all driven, and it was all about evangelism and mission and, 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 you know, what, we just got to come back and, and just make the primary purpose loving Jesus again. And, and I get it, and I understood it, and that was the conclusion they came to. And, and, and the problem is that when, when, when Jesus was asked that question, he never even separated them. When Jesus said, what's the primary thing? What's, what's the main deal that we're on the planet to fulfill? Is it, is, in, in a sense, they could have gone, is it, is it worship or is it mission? And he said, actually, the, the two are the same. First and foremost, absolutely love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your strength, all your mind. But the second is, is, is like unto it, and it can't be separated from it. You need to love your neighbor as yourself. So, so the purpose of, of the, the church, the purpose that you and I have been called to, is, is, is worship, obviously. So let's just make that a given, but also mission. There's something about the purpose of God that is upon us. And I want to share that with you this morning. I'm going to try and go from Genesis to Revelation really quick and get you to understand the primary purpose that you're on the planet to fulfill. So if we went all the way back to Genesis chapter 1, read verse 26 and verse 28, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth. And then God blessed them, and God said to them, God said to them. Now, this is the first words of God to humanity. That's got to be important, right? God said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. So the primary purpose is fruitfulness, multiplication, and to fill the earth. You are on this planet to fill the earth. To fill the earth. That's what you're here for. You say, well, what am I here for? What was I born for? I don't know my purpose. You were born to fill the earth. Fill the earth with what? Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 14. For the earth will be filled. Do you like that? The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So we understand that God's heart, God's priority, we're on the planet to fruit, be fruitful, to multiply, but to fill the earth, and we fill the earth with the glory or the knowledge of the glory 
of the Lord. Now, now you've all heard, I'm sure, teachings about the glory and what it means. And if you were to do a study on this word, there is a sense of the weight of glory. Yeah, you've all heard that before. But if you do a study on this word, you'll find even more. It's actually a word called kabod, and it literally means glory, honor, abundance, riches, splendor, dignity, reputation, reverence. It's not just this, this, this weight, this presence where we all feel it, but it's actually more about the character of God and about who God is and the knowledge of how amazing He is. So God's plan from the beginning was for the earth to be populated, fully populated, filled with people who had a knowledge of the honor, the abundance, the splendor, the riches, the dignity of God. That's the will of God. That was God's mandate to Adam and Eve right from the beginning. Let it be known to all just how amazing God is. Well, they blew it. They were fruitful and multiplied. They filled the earth, but with people that did not have the knowledge of his glory. So now the earth is filled with people who have not got a revelation of how incredible and loving and kind that God is. So plan B. God calls a guy called Abraham. Verse, uh, in Genesis chapter 12, the Lord said to Abraham, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I show you. So I say, I'm about to do something through you, through your descendants. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you, make your name great. You know, here's this picture. When you get out of your country, it's when God calls you, he says, okay, I'm going to get you out of that old world, that worldly thing, that, that without Christ thing, and I'm going to bring you into a family, and I'm going to bring you into a nation, a great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great, and you'll be a blessing. That's called the church. And so I will bless those who bless you. I will curse them who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And it's like God is saying, I'm going to take this nation, and through them, I'm going to bless all the peoples of the earth. I'm going to fill all the earth with the glory of God. The knowledge of how wonderful and amazing God is is going to be put on these people. And that's why one of the descendants of Abraham in, in, in Psalm 72, verse 19 says, Blessed be his glorious name forever, and let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. They would say, oh, this is it. So, so, so God called this, this next group of people and said, oh, I want you to fill the earth with the knowledge of the glory, the wonder, the splendor, the awesomeness of God. Well, they failed as well. They, they fell away from God, scattered to the nations. Just to pause here, it's interesting, we see this pattern emerging that it seems clear that God was, was limiting himself to fill the earth with the knowledge of how amazing he is to do it through people. He could have done it through signs in the skies. He could have, he could have, he could have even you know, spoken from heaven. Hey, I'm here. I'm really cool. I love you. He said, no, I've got to do it through people. So first, Adam and Eve. Then Abraham. They thought, you know what? These guys just mess it up so much. Plan C was for God to come down as a people. As a people, as a person, as a human being, to begin to fulfill the mandate, the original purpose of human beings. And that's why in John chapter 9, verse 5, Jesus said, as long as I am in the world, I'm the light of the world. 
I'm bringing light. I'm bringing revelation. I'm the voice. And when, when Pilate said to him in John chapter 18, are you a king? Jesus said, you rightly say I'm a king for this cause I was born, for this cause I've come into this world, that I should be a witness of the truth. Everyone is of the truth, here's my voice. What's the truth? The truth is that God loves you, God wants to bless you, God is kind, his splendor, his wonder, his riches, his awesomeness. Jesus took the mandate of filling the earth with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. But interesting thing here is that Jesus said, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. But I'm not always going to be in the world. I'm, I'm heading out. And in John 20, verse 21, when, when he was risen from the dead, he went to his disciples and said, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, just in the same way, I now send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And, and you see this, this, this thing, can you see the pattern? Adam and Eve, Abraham, people of Israel, now Jesus, now the disciples. I, I've been sent to be representative of the glory of the Lord. Now I'm going to, you're it. Tag, you're it. Here's a baton. That's why Jesus could say in Matthew 5.14 to his disciples, you're now the light of the world. You're a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. A beacon of hope declaring the glory, the wonder, the splendor of the Lord. Of course, when Jesus departed in Matthew chapter 28, the Great Commission said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore make disciples of all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and I'm with you always. Fill the earth with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. In fact, in, in Matthew 24, 14, I'm rushing through this this morning, Jesus even went so far to say is that, that he wouldn't return until... All the nations had been reached. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. The end cannot come. Do you know what? Someone say, oh, Jesus, come. Jesus, I can't come until all the earth is filled. Because that was, that was the purpose at Genesis. They're the first words of God to humanity. I can't return until every nation has had witness to how wonderful and amazing God is. This is our purpose. We don't exist for ourselves. Our purpose is not to keep the doors open. Our purpose is not to hide behind four walls and talk about religion. We don't come to church every week for ourselves. The, the, I, I love the church. We don't attend a small group only to have our personal needs met. We are being positioned to fill the earth with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. And, and the really cool thing is, is that it will, it will happen. It will happen. There, there will one day be a generation that will rise up and say, let's get this job done. There will. There will one day take place in the church such a shift, and I personally believe that we're about to see it. We're not there yet. If we were there right now, this morning, we would have such a visitation of God in such a manner that you would be rushing for the doors at the end of the service to find someone to tell about the glory of the Lord. If, if, if we were there yet, if we were that generation, we would be getting up every morning saying, I just can't wait to get to work to be the light of the world. 
It's coming. Honestly, it's coming. And when that passion joins that picture, I'm telling you, we will fulfill this thing. And, and let me just say this. Technology right now, it wouldn't be very hard for the whole world to hear of the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. That's why in Revelation chapter 7, verse, verse 9, it, it, you understand that Revelation is a, is a history book, right? Revelation is a book of history written from the future. Sometimes we, we, we don't get that. We, we think it's, it's prophetic, and it is prophetic, but you understand that prophetic, any prophecy that's from God, is actually history being told from the future. That's how sure it is. So John read some history saw some history by being taken into the future. And behold, a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, all tribes, all peoples, all tongues. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord literally covered the earth. It will happen. This is the purpose of the church. And my, my longing in a sense, now outside speaking in, as opposed to always being inside speaking out, is for us to get passionate about a picture of the purpose being fulfilled. To be honest, before we get that passion, we can't even put the process into place. Because if we put the process into place and we organize next Saturday, we're going to go door to door or, or we're all going to set up programs where we start sharing our faith in our workplace and, instead of just sending the bags into the schools, we're going to send people. Oh, that would be cool, wouldn't it? How cool would that be? If you put that process without first having that passion, it'll just become hard work. So I'm saying, God, do something fresh. This is what William Booth, he had an insight into this. William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, here's a few quotes. While women weep as they do now, I'll fight. While little children go hungry, as they do now, I'll fight. While men go to prison, in and out, in and out, as they do now, I'll fight. Does this sound like our world? While there is a drunkard left, while there is a poor lost girl upon the streets being trafficked, while there remains one dark soul without the light of God, I'll fight, I'll fight to the very end. You see, that's passion about a picture that is birthed out of purpose. Here's another one of his quotes. Not called, did you say? Not heard the call, I think you should say. Put your ear down to the Bible and hear him bid you go and pull sinners out of the fire of sin. Put your ear down to the burdened, agonized heart of humanity and listen to its pitiful wail for help. Go stand by the gates of hell and hear the damned entreat you to go to their father's house and bid their brothers and sisters and servants and masters not to come there. And then look Christ in the face whose mercy you have professed to obey and tell him whether you will join heart and soul and body and circumstances in the march to publish his mercy to the world. Passion. Passion. My message this morning is not that we should focus our efforts on getting people to join our religion. My message is this. Our God is truly amazing. He is truly good. He is filled with wonder and splendor. It is not his intention to take life away and confine people in dead religion. It is intention that we might have life and that we might have it in all its abundance. 
Our God is so incredibly amazing, it's only the right thing to do, to have a passion to share it with others. The interesting thing in Matthew 29, uh, 9 verse 35, and I'm going to finish here because I'm out of time and you need to have a coffee before you go home. Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Let me just say the gospel of the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. It's the wonder, it's the blessing, it's the awesomeness of God, healing all sicknesses and disease from among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. Very interesting thought here. Very interesting thought here. Jesus was moved with compassion because the multitudes didn't know their shepherd. And he didn't pray that God would send them shepherd. He prayed that God would send them laborers. Please send people into this multitude, into this hopeless, broken, lonely, burdened population. This Send laborers in to tell them about the shepherd, to introduce them to the shepherd, to tell them that there is a God who loves them. There is a God who loves them. I encourage you to re-engage with purpose. This, this message this morning, you know, one of the greatest challenges for every preacher is that you bring out a message like this. And when I started out in ministry 32 years ago, I felt like I'd preach a message like this and everyone would go out passionate about evangelism. I really did. I really did. I, I thought, man, you know, this is just such, this is so obvious. Some of you may have seen me in 19... 81, 82, preaching on the streets in Garden Place, trying to impersonate Ray Comfort. Friends, for God so loved the world. I just thought that, that this was, I'm understanding today that I'm a link in a chain that God is going to do in this place to re-engage us with lost people. I just think that, that, that today is just going to be another step for us. And, and, and can I, there is so much I'd like to share with you. And and, and, but the thought that I shared last time I was here about the day of Pentecost when they were all filled with power and they all spoke a language of a people group outside the walls. Think about that. That is what is about to happen in the church is that we are about to see a new day of Pentecost and instead of saying to you, go and just find strangers, go and knock on doors, go and hand out leaflets on the street, what will happen is that you will find that there's a tribe that get you. And when you talk to that tribe about Jesus, it just isn't work. It just isn't work. And, and, and for me, God, in a sense, threw me out of the church and put me into the marketplace. Now I'm talking to unsaved business people and, and, and I, it's not work for me. They get it when I speak to them. And we now have a process. It's going to take me a while to get Jesus into the conversation. Because first I have to put love in the conversation. And then I've got to bring hope into the conversation. And on that basis, I can bring faith. So we have our process. Let me just finish. There's a guy that I'm mentoring right now. He's probably a little older than me. He's an ex-cop, uh, detective, been undercover, 
uh, being part of some of the major crime stuff that's happened in Melbourne. Burnt out, totally burnt out. Totally unsaved, doesn't know God, a very rough, hard man, you know. And uh, he started this new business last July, um, providing insurance. He's an insurance broker for people uh, in the marketplace, in the workplace. So, you know, if you get sick or if you burn out or whatever. So, so he's kind of starting this thing up. And a Christian comes up to him, a friend that, he, that goes to church. He's got no idea what church he goes to. Just came up to him and said, you know what? He says, this, this, is, this is what I'm talking about, being light in the dark place. He said, I reckon that you're going to have, your business is going to have a huge impact amongst the emergency services sector. This guy was just starting, he had nothing. And he looked up to me and he said something which I can't repeat here because language is a little colourful. But let me just say, he said, blow me down. That's a sanitised version. Blow me down. He said, a month later, I got a letter from the uh, emergency services union asking if I would provide insurance for all of their members. And he said, what was that all about? And I just said, you know what? I said, I, look, God just loves you. How cool is that? I, I, I'm into another guy. I shared this with the guys the other day, the business guys. And, and he's a Polish immigrant, and they're scientists. Him and his wife are scientists. Been married about 10 years or so. And he's now studying photography because of the funding issues. Tell me about his business. I'm working with his business. He said, now tell me about you. He said, oh, well, I'm married. I said, got kids? Said, well, no, we don't have kids. We've been trying. He said, in fact, we're doing IVF, and in a month's time, we have our last opportunity, the last you know, plantation, the whole thing. That's our last chance. I'm in the marketplace, man. I'm here to share the glory of the Lord, give them some knowledge. I said, well, mate, you know, you probably don't know this, but I've got a bit of a faith background. How about I pray for you? How about I get some other people? We'll start praying for you that this will be a success. Now, I'm putting God on the spot. He's big enough. And he says, well, I'm a man of science. He said, you know, that's what we do. We're scientists. So, so you know, I'm kind of going the, the way of science. And I says, fantastic. He said, we're going to get smart. Oh, it's not about science. No. I said, fantastic. You're a man of science. I'm a man of faith. Let's join forces. Let's join forces. Can we pray for you? He said, yeah, why not? Let's see what happens. The last ones haven't, haven't stuck. Who knows? That wasn't hard work for me. That was a good day at work. Purpose that we were born for are found in the first words of God to humanity. Be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth with the knowledge of His awesomeness. Father, I pray this morning that you would begin a shift in us. I look forward to hear next week from what, what a prophet is going to come in and say. And I, I believe and pray and expect that it will be in line with what we're saying and doing today. And I pray for such a shift in this, in this congregation that everything that was shared by our pastor will come true. The awesomeness of what you have for this church. But I pray, Lord, I pray that we will be so engaged with lost people. We'll be so engaged with putting light in dark places that for any of us, it won't be work. It won't be work. It won't be hard. It won't be like knocking on doors and handing out tracts and inviting people to church. Nothing wrong with it. 
But I pray that every person in this room will find their tribe. They'll find the people that get them. They'll work in their workplace. They'll look around and find that there's people there waiting for an opportunity to help find out how wonderful and amazing you really are. Lord, I pray, pour your spirit out upon this church. Lord, ignite us around the purpose of God. While every head is bowed, every eye is closed, just for a moment, you're here today, you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're visiting. Maybe it's the first time you've been here. Maybe you've been here before. But I cannot close this message without asking you to receive the, the most amazing, wonderful, incredible God that has ever existed, that ever does exist, that ever will exist. He loves you so much. He wants to be part of your world. He wants to give you life, and He wants it to be lived abundantly. And all you have to do is open your heart to turn from the old life and receive the new. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God like we're talking about, quickly raise your hand. Let me pray for you right where you are. Quickly raise your hand. Say, hey, today, God bless you, sir, right down the back. I'm going to pray for you in a moment. You can put your hand down. Somebody else, you're here right now. Just raise your hand high enough for me to see it. I'm going to pray for you that this would be the, 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 the this a whole new day. Is there one more today? Father, I pray for this incredible young man. Someone's going to be with you in just a moment. I pray for this, this, this incredible young man in our service this morning. I don't know if he's been here before. This is the joy of being a visiting preacher. You know, nobody. But I pray that today would be a red-letter day. I pray it would be a day of stepping over the line from darkness to light. And Lord, I pray that he would be ignited and connected to the purpose for the rest of his life of being a beacon of hope and a testimony of the, the glory, the wonder, the awesomeness, the splendor, the kindness, the richness of our God. Lord, I pray your blessing upon him in Jesus' name. Everybody say it. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening in this morning. Thank you, Graham. Fantastic. Well, we're going to do a couple of things as we finish. Uh, the first is if you have got children out in the kids' church today, um, the take-home question for the day is from Romans chapter 8. It says, there, can anything separate us from the love of God? So they've been encouraged to talk about that with you around the lunch table. Can anything separate us from the love of God? In just a moment, we're going to receive an offering because we want to really bless Graham as he goes home and say thank you for the help that he's giving us this year. So if the host team could ready themselves, please, for that, that would be great. Also, if you're visiting with us today, don't forget there's um, packs out there. You can get more information on who we are as a church, as a faith community, which will be great. I'll just wait for the, yeah, if you could do that, thanks, host team, it'd be wonderful. going to finish just slightly different so as a church we have our 10 areas of influence that we talk about or you could rename that if you like 10 areas of purpose in society and what I'd like to do is I'm going to call out those 10 areas as we finish this morning. And if you're involved in the area I call, stand to your feet. And then we're going to finish by praying that we are all influential in these areas. Sound right?
Too bad, that's what we're doing. If you're involved in health or sciences, why don't you stand to your feet right now? The area of health or science, in any way. Fantastic. Fantastic. If you're involved in government in any way, local government, national government, fantastic. Sports or recreation? Great. Education? Brilliant. Media and technology? Good. Social? Social services, social helps, anything sort of in the social area of society. Fantastic. Great. Arts and entertainment. What about family? You're involved with family in any way. Probably that should be everybody now standing up. Commerce and law. Worldview, i.e. faith things. That's 10. I hope you're standing up. Every person should be standing up. There's enough there to cover the gamut. Father, I declare your blessing over every person on their feet this morning. Father, it's like you've already placed us in a tribe and this may be the tribe that you're giving us the language to and it may not be. But as we're there, And as we're going about life, Father, I ask that you would help us do that with purpose. That you'd help us do it with the purpose that's been outlined. The glory of the knowledge of God or the knowledge of the glory of God would be on our lips and in our lives. Father, that we would be beacons of hope wherever we are this week as we associate with people in all these different areas of society. Lord, that we would be confident in our faith. We'd be confident in our God. We'd be confident in who you've created us to be. And we'd be confident even in the stage of our walk we're at that we can be of kingdom purpose this week, wherever we are. So bless your church, Lord. Fill them with your Holy Spirit afresh, I pray. Fill us with your Holy Spirit afresh, I pray. That we'd be your hands and feet wherever we are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for coming out this morning. Why don't you have a coffee and stuff before you go? Rub shoulders with a few people, meet a few people. You're all part of the same family. Be great. And thank you for being purposed in your giving.